Good morning, everybody. Special day today, but Zat Hashem will be beginning the eighth parak in Maseches Pesachim on that Pei Zayin Amud Aleph at the very top. The Mishnah discusses the group. We are the crew for the Karm Pesach. So yesterday we dis- we discussed how our Chabura is going to handle itself if we have our own table at the Bonaventure. Today we're going to discuss more the registration. Perhaps the whole purpose of the COVID nineteen epi- uh, pandemic is so we can get used to minion sign up for when we have the Korban Pesach sign up in order to right to to get this Korban Pesach done, you have to be registered for it. It's one of those, uh, what people outside of Baltimore consider to be an uptight outdoor minion. Well, or what we call an outdoor minion, right? You have to have registration. It says in the Pasuk, Ish lefi achlo, tachosu alaseh. Okay, he has to be counted, alaseh. Okay, so that has to be, take place before the Shechita of the Korban Pesach. You need to be registered, fine. Now, when you do so, you technically need to do a, so to speak, like a Kenyan, Okay, however, you, have, you can have, through the principle that we have of Zachin Adam Shalom right? You can have people who are Konet for, for example, a father is going to be Konet for his family, right? Not each individual member of the family has to be Konet for themselves, right? Register themselves. One, one household, right, leader can sort of like register for their, for, for their family. Okay. Now, let's say um, you have such circumstances as follows. And this is how our mission is going to begin, and that's how we're going to kick off. Let's say, today will be a lot of agarata, but it starts with this actual halacha, which is, let's say you have a, a girl and she is betrothed to be married, okay? Or let's say she's recently married, okay? Now, as we know, in the times of the Mishnayos, um, the, the process took a little bit longer, right? There was Kiddushin and then there was Nisuin. She was set aside. She was spending 12 months in this limbo where she knows she's going to be living with her husband. In the meantime, she's living in her parents' house. So her husband just was Mekadesh her. So he signs her up for his Korban Pesach. He's excited to bring his new college to his Korban Pesach. But the parents, they're used to having their Medela signed up for their Korban Pesach. So, but since you have a scenario of Zachel Nadam Shalbifana, where people sign somebody else up for their Korban Pesach and register them, so it is a scenario, you could find yourself in a scenario where more than one person registered you. Now you've registered for like two or three Korban Pesachs. So what do you do? So the basic outline of the halacha is, the basic thrust of the halacha is that it's okay. In other words, it's not like you're not allowed to join any Korban Pesach or these conflicting sign-ups, you know, mess you up and now you've lost Pesach this year and you can't go to the Seder. No. It's just what we do is we make an assumption of what the individual who was signed up for would have wanted. Okay, let's see that inside the Mishnah. So we start with this. Ha'isha bismanshi bebeis bala, right? So this is, she's already, right, had nisuin. Okay, so she's already um, living with her husband. So you would think that she, she would go with her husband. So shachat bala, her husband, there's an interesting lashon that he, he, he or it makes it sound like he already shechted it. The Gemara will address this. It's going to turn out that he didn't shecht it yet. It was the pre-shechting registration, but the wording is a little bit misleading. But if her, if her husband shechted the Korban Pesach for her, v'shachat aleha So that's the scenario that we just described, right? That she was signed up, I'm going to explain it the way eventually the Gemara explains it. She was signed up, right, both by her husband and by her father. Now why would her father sign her up? She's already out of the house. So what's going on here? So says the Gemara, she's going to eat from her husband. Well, that makes sense, right? Because after all, she's, right, Rashi, the first Rashi in the parak. the Mishlama daikta limnos al they already had the wedding. What do you mean? She's living with her husband. Calls Manshlo Pirsha. She had died to Michelle Abia. In other words, unless she specifically says, we're going to my parents for Yantiv, it's assuming that she's going to be with her husband. She did, after all, get married. She's an independent woman, Andrew. Well, not independent, but independent. Her and her husband are now independent. Okay. So, however, Halcha Regal Rishon Losses Bebeis Abia, Shachatole Avia, Shachatole Abala, Tochal Bemakam Shehivrotza. However, you see that there is a halacha here, believe it or not, that is. Uh, that was common, which was that the first yontiv, you go to the Kala's parents. That's actually in the Mishnah, all right? So the first yontiv, you go to your Kala's parents. So now, you get married, you're a young guy. I got married, my wife and I got married when we were 21, so we were super young, 
And that Pesach, we went to my in-laws. Okay. So, you know, we weren't, we weren't so independent that we assumed, right? We know many young couples don't make Pesach the first year. That's very unusual. This year, because of COVID, my son made Pesach. My married sons. No, my married, one of my married sons made Pesach. So, right, because nobody was allowed to, to, to join each other for the Pesach Seder. And it was a huge to-do. Had the Pesach been for this past uh, Pesach, then they would have assumed that they would be on our registration. However, as it turns out, due to COVID, they have to have their own registration. So Hadar, my daughter-in-law, would have been registered, let's say, both with Moshe, my son, and with me. So this is the, this is the deal. This is that new couple that isn't really making Pesach. It's that first yontiv, right? And let's say I am the father-in-law. So let's say I sign them up, and my son signs her up also. So that's what it means. So at that point, it's not like because we both signed her up, she, can no, she can't partake of the Seder, the Korban Pesach. She can actually decide where she wants to. And so it's interesting. She gets to reveal where she wants to go. The Gemara is going to ask, what is this, Lema Freya? We're going to say what the Kavana was. So the Gemara just is going to answer. I'm already saying it outside, just so we can understand the Mishnah. The Gemara is simply going to answer that the Kala gets to make up her mind before the Shechita. In other words, you just simply ask her, like, do you want to join your in-laws or do you want to, or do you want to join your parents or do you want to join... Um, do you want to join your parents or do you want to join your husband's uh, sign-up? That's all. So, are you, so we're going to your parents and we're having our own Seder. That's all. And she decides before the Shechita. That's what you do. But we see the idea of, regist- of registering before you do the Shechita. Fine. Now, uh, more complicated cases here. So sometimes when you had an orphan, you had people who were guardians for them. Sometimes they had multiple guardians. Obviously, if you have multiple guardians, they all assume that they're going to be the ones that are going to sign you up. So what if they all signed you up? So here there too, right? This is what Rashi explains. If you had multiple guardians, so then you just let them know ahead of time before the shechita who you're having the seder by, and that's what and that's what you do. Fine. Even more complicated yet, Evid shall shnei says the Mishnah. Uh, we know that sometimes you have joint ownership of a slave. So now lo yochal This slave is really in trouble. This is the one case where you can really get into trouble, right? He's really stuck without a korban pesach. Why? Because this, so in other words, right? Because there, you don't have any one person that can say that they claim jurisdiction. In other words, so you can say, what do you mean? An in-laws could also fight over, so to speak, you know, where, they, who, where the kids go for Pesach. But that's a different thing, right? Because that everybody, that individual, right, has real, right? Even though they're young, the married couple has full autonomy, and they can decide where they want to go for Pesach, right? In in their entirety. But an Eved, right, doesn't have that doesn't have that autonomy. And therefore, literally, the Baal of the, of the said Eved is going to be determining where they go for Pesach. So that's real Avdus, right? That's, that's different than what the young married couples are like. That's real Avdus where somebody's literally deciding where you're going for Pesach, and if, it, and if it's a joint right, ownership of an Eved, then you can't have one person deciding on behalf of the other, right? And, and, and as Rashi explains, Ein lo takala, takana. He really has no recourse. Unless both, right, Bailam get together and decide that, that, we're, that he's going to go to Yankel, right, for, for the Seder, and they both sign him up, so to speak, with consent, really, if you're an ever to two owners, you're going to have trouble signing, being signed up for Korm Pesach and participating as such. Wow. It's anyways weird. What do you say? Avadim and you're still an Evid, right? It's, it's tough to be a Ben Chorin. Uh, it's tough to be an Evid at the Seder. Anyway. Right. So now, Misha Chetu Evid Vachetu Ben Chorin. This was the first Gemara I learned when I was, it's a long story, but when I was 16 and I first got to YU, Chetzi Eved Chetzi Ben Chorin, it was in Gittin, I didn't know what was going on, I didn't know what an Eved or Ben Chorin was, but anyways, Lo Yochal Mishel Rabo, he can't eat either from his master, because again, that's an interesting thing, right, because, because the Rabo, as Rashi explains, right, because the Rav's intention, meaning the Baal of the Eved, right, didn't necessarily want to sign up the Cheres part, as Rashi explains, the Cheres part of this Chetzi Eved Chetzi Ben Chorin is, is, is sort of like the part that the Baal isn't, isn't so interested in. Baal is, has jurisdiction over the Avdus part. That's the part he cares about. The Cheres part is the part that he's not um, in, in charge of, and therefore the, he too has an issue where he, sh- he cannot eat uh, Etzel Rabbo. Okay, so interesting aspects of this Mishnah. 
let's see what the Gemara has to say. So the first thing the Gemara says is Shmas mina yesh brera. This is what we were saying before. The lashon of the mission is unusual. It says shachatalei avia, shachatalei abala. So she could get to decide. Um, so that part of the Mishnah makes it sound like even after the Shechita she could decide um, who she wants to join. And that certainly feels like the Mishnah is taking sides on this very fundamental Shas Sugya of whether you can determine such a thing retroactively, which means Yesh Berah. The Gemara answers no. My Rotsa, that's not really the case. What it really means is Bishat Shechita. It, it's just the language. When it says Shachat Aleah, it just means Bishat Shechita. It just means really before. Uh, the decision of the Kala is made beforehand. All right, well, that takes it out of the Berah thing and we move on. Okay. However, now we're going to have a brisa that sounds totally not like our Mishnah with regards to this new kala. Verimino, isha regular isha noichas mishalavia that a woman on the first yantiv that, that she's married she eats by her parents and then become elach rotsa achas mishalavia rotsa mishalbala. We had said in the Mishnah that in that first yantiv she also could decide whether she wants to eat right with her parents or with her husband. And here it makes it sound like no, that first yantiv you for sure eat with the kala's parents and then afterwards she could decide whether she wants to eat with her husband. So the Gemara explains lokash kan berdufa lelech kan b'sheina berdufa. So that's interesting. The Gemara is saying that, again, this assumption of um, whether you're going to go for the first yontif to the college parents, it's kind of cultural, right? Because after all, it's all an assumption of mindset anyways, right? So this isn't really like dogmatic halacha that, that, that's inherent to Korban Pesach, right? This is more the mindset of the Kala. So it says the Brisa, which says that the first week, I'm sorry, the Brisa that says that the first yontif, the first Pesach, you always go to the college parents. So that's, you know, in the culture or where it's understood that this Kala is for sure Still going to her parents. She's very tied to her parents. That's what Redufa Lelech, right? She's very tied to her parents. When you have a slightly more independent kind of Kala and she's ready to like move on, so then there, that's our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, let her choose whether she wants to go to her parents or whether she wants to already make Pesach. Okay. Fascinating, uh, fascinating stuff. Okay. Now, what is going on? The Gemara then says, what's going to happen now is we're going to launch a ton of Agadatah because we know that Akash Baruch Hu and Kali Israel have this marriage between them. And as expressed in Shira Shirim, which we're about to quote. And so, since we mentioned the Kala, we're going to now talk about Kali Israel as the Kala, and it's going to launch the whole thing between Kali Israel and Akash Baruch Hu and our relationship and Gullus and Geula. It's going to be awesome. So, let's see. So, the Pasuk says in Shira Shirim, right, which we recite after the Pesach Seder, uh, incidentally, Right? I became in his eyes like one who's found to be Shlema, right? So, found to be perfect. This is Machlokas here. Exactly how to understand Rabbi Yochanan, because right? It sounds like we're bringing some sort of pasuk to corroborate this idea that a kala sometimes does come to her parents, sometimes she doesn't come to her parents. The pasuk here is that, like Rashi says, right, that that you have a kala that goes to her in-laws, and then she comes back and she tells her parents she's eager to tell her parents how well she gets along with her in-laws. Okay, um, to go to report her praises in her father's house, right? Um, which is. Oh no, I become in his eyes like a bride who's fed to, okay. Or, or conversely, the, it's the chassan telling his parents, or the chassan telling his in-laws, right? There's different ways to understand it. But the bottom line is, uh, what they're trying to bring out from the pasuk is, that there's a dynamic where the kala, it's awkward, the very first yantiv, right, at the in-laws. And the nicest thing you could say about a kala is that she's well integrated <laughs> into the family. Or about a chassan, right? The, the most you want for your married kids is for them to be natural with each other and for them to fit naturally and integrate with the family and everybody goes well. So that's just the pasuk. Also, Yisri Be'enav Kamotz Shalom. Rabbi Yochanan is trying to say that I, that my, my chassan loved me, right? The Klai Israel saying my chassan loved me because I was... I, I was able to integrate with the values of a Baruch Hu, so to speak. In other words, Karsh Baruch Hu has certain expectations of us. This is what it, the allegory is in Shir Shir. Karsh Baruch Hu has expectations of us, and we uh, conduct ourselves in such a way that Karsh Baruch Hu is proud of us. 
um, or, or that a Kaddish Baruch Hu can feel like there's a future with us, etc. So similarly, this is the dynamic that goes on on that first yontiv, whether you're spending it at the in-laws or you're spending it right with, with yourself, so that you can report back that yontiv was great and everybody got along. That's basically how Rashi explains it. Now, since we already mentioned this, right, we're going to mention three other examples of how we're using this allegory of Kali Yisrael being a Kaddish Baruch Hu's kala as follows. Kiddush Siv, like it says in Hosea, Interesting. Then on the day, this is a good day, right? This is kind of like a, a good, a good prophecy, right? You'll no longer just be, you know, my, so to speak, my, the first stage of just like we're married, but you'll really be like my husband, okay? So I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan expanded on that pasuk as well. This means that we're going to be like initially, not like a bride, not just a not just like a kala who, again, as we said before, the stages of betrothal were, as initially the Kala, was in her father's house. And then, once she really became like a unit with her chasun, after Nisuin, she was the Kala Bebeis Chameha, right? So she went to her in-laws, right? To, to, the, to, the, to the chasun's parents. So she graduated, in a sense, right? Now she's really part of the family and their, their, their own independent family unit. Okay, so that is the first idea. Then it says, So I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Right? So we say like this. We have a little sister, right? She's underdeveloped now. So Amr Yochanan, right? Zu Elam. That is a reference, right? This is going to be a must-read Rashi Dafyomi coincidence. That's referring to Zu Elam. Shazakta Lilmod, Vizakta Lolalame. In other words, once we're talking about these psukim, referring to stages, right, of development, and, uh, and looking at Kalal Yisrael as like uh, the Kala, right? So there was a stage, there was a group, like a community within Kalal Yisrael, that was viewed like a premature an immature kala. How so? Because that's what Rabbi Yochanan is explaining. That they, they learned some Torah, but they weren't able to teach Torah. So they were underdeveloped. That is what is alluded to in the Pasuk. Let's look at this unbelievable Rashi. Zu Elam. Shayaba Daniel. This is where Daniel lived. Shanamar Vani Daniel Haisi Beshushan Habira. Can you believe this? What is happening? Daf Yomi coincidence. He was in Shushan Habira. Again, we see it. Asher Elam. That's where, that's where Shushan Habira was. It was in the province of Elam. So Daniel was a huge Tamachacham. But there weren't the yeshivas and the, uh, right, there wasn't the infrastructure to teach. Okay. That is in contrast to Babel, as Rashi explains. Babel, Gidla, Ezra, Soifer, right? In Babel, you already had a robust Torah community, and as we're going to explain. So Babel ended up being, and we're going to end up today's Gemara, explaining how Babel was and why, reasons why Babel was uh, chosen by Kaddish Baruch as the appropriate place for Golas. Uh, be that as it may, Shushan was not. As it says, and then furthermore, so that was another Pasuk, right? So that was Yochanan explaining how they were premature, with Daniel, how they were premature in Shushan Habira because they didn't teach as much as, as they learned, okay? Furthermore, Ani Chomav Shaddai Kamigdalos, right? So this is a famous one where I am like the wall, my breast like the towers, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Ani Chomav Zutaira, the Shaddai Kamigdalos, Elo Tamid Chachamim, right? So you have the Torah and you have the Tamid Chachamim. Beautiful. So now, and then another interpretation of that last one is Rav Amar Ani Chomav Zuknesis Yisrael, Shaddai Kamigdalos, Elo Bate Knesios Vazem Midrashos, right? You have Kal Yisrael and then you have Right, these sort of like um, representatives, like like a migdal of Kali Israel. We have the Talmud Chachamim, Batek Nesias, Batek Midrashos. That is right, the fuller expression of these Torah values. Beautiful. Okay, more um, more bride kind of psukim and how we interpret them. So Amar of Zitrubetui Amarav Ma'ichsev. This is a pasuk in Tehillim now. Asher Baninu Kinetiim Megudalim Benurehem. Benosenu Kizavios Mechutavos Tavnis Hechal. It means that our sons, right, they're like Nitiim. They're like little saplings that from their youth. We're going to nurture them, and our daughters are like corners that are crafted in the form of the heichal. Well, what are corners? Why are they called corners? So let's see. First of all, the, the sons are referred to as saplings because they are innocent, and they do not have the taste of sin. However, the, the uh, right, comparing the daughters to corners is a little more, 
is a little weirder. And what does it even mean? So there's a couple of ways to explain it. One way of saying it is, it's the young daughter of, this, uh, of the young Jewish daughters. There's an aspect of uh, where you call them a corner. It alludes to a certain type of um, a certain type of like self-restraint, whether it's before marriage or as nidos once they are married. They show a certain type of self-restraint. Um, and the corner is an allusion to that self-restraint, okay? That they keep a corner sort of like, closed like a corner and not open like, like the, uh, like the face of a wall, okay? That is one aspect. But it also, corner means a certain amount of, of fullness, as we'll see. So it says, Omer, and says, and similarly it says elsewhere, Umalu kamizrak kezabios mizbeach. Okay, so this is already from Zechariah, where it says that you're going to fill up like the bowl, right, from Israq, and like the corners of the Mizbeach. So what, why is the fullness of a bowl, how is that compared to the corners of the Mizbeach? So Ibai saying, maybe you could say it's from this, Mizaviyos mizan al-zan. This, this, there's two psukim, right, that allude to, the second one is from Tehillim, two psukim that allude to corners having something to do with with fullness, right? Maluk and Zaviyos and So what does fullness and corner have to do with each other? So, so that is an idea, right, that, that again, with the original Pasuk says, Mechutavos, as we continue in Gemara, Mechutavos Tam Nesechal, crafted in the form of a temple, just to, just to explain the rest of the Pasuk, Elu Ve'elu, this teaches us that both the men and the daughters, Ma'elan HaKasuf, Ki'ilu Nivna Hechal Be'emehen. They're regarded by the Pasuk, right, as though the base makers was built in their days due to their, due to their, uh, chest, um, due to the fact that they, that they had the Tznius and they had the Tmimus, right, they had the innocence. Now again, what's this, what's this fullness? Um, so, so, so again, corners, is is uh, compared somehow to fullness in the sense that they're going they're completely full and not patent, right? They're not they're completely full and they're not going to be penetrated in a sense. So that's kind of where another illusion where they get the idea that corners means that the women of uh, Klal Yisrael were Tzanua. That's basically um, the idea of that exposition. But certainly it's uh, it's intended to be, right, an illusion in Tehillim to the Tzniyas of Benos Yisrael, okay, and calling them corners. Now, okay. Uh, now, Dvar Hashem, another Pasuk, okay, where Klal Yisrael are like the Kala. How so? So for this, I went back to listen to Rabbi David Katz, the historian here in Baltimore, who talks about history. Every week he has a podcast on a historical figure, on the Parsha from a historical perspective, on the Haftarah from a historical perspective. So it happens to be the Haftarah for Parsha of Yetzirah was Hosea. Now, as the Gemara will explain, Hosea was a Navi, and he survived four kings. The Gemara is going to say, being a king is a is a right is a difficult business. It's a very stressful business. So much so you can you can outlive four kings, so to speak, reigns as a navi. What happened with Hoshea in this time period as follows. So first the Gemara is going to say what I just said. So like David Katz himself does, the Gemara it gives you a historical perspective here. That there were four prof, uh, prophets, right? Four Navim in that era. And the God of the most prominent one was Hoshea. How do we know? He was Hashem's go to. Right? That's who he spoke to first. Wait a minute, ask the Lamar. What do you mean? This makes it sound like Hoshea was the very first Navi ever. That's not true. What do you mean? The first Navi was Moshe Rabbeinu. Then there were many Navi up until Hoshea. So what does this mean that the first Navi was Hoshea? So it has to mean, right? That no, that he was just simply the most prominent and therefore Hashem's go to during that time period. Who were those four Navim aforementioned? The Eluhain, Hoshea, Ishaya, Amos, Umicha. So Hoshea was more prominent than some big big guns. Yeshaya, Amos, and Micha were also prominent in Avim, but Hoshea was the greatest of them all. He was Hashem's first uh, first stop, first go-to. Okay. So now, what was in fact the prophecy that Hoshea got? This was a crazy 
experience that happened. Some say that the whole thing is sort of an allegory. Some say that it really, really happened. The Cats teaches the story as if it really happened. What happened? As follows. This was the prophecy that Hashem said to him. He said, This was a problem. The kingdom of the north all sinned. They're they big time sinners. Now, which means that Hashem had expectations of what Hosea's response was going to be, right? In other words, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu did, remember, right? Every time, right, Akash Baruch Hu criticized Klai Yisrael, Moshe said, give them a break, right? He was like the real shepherd, right? But Hosea had had just about enough of these sinning ways of Klai Yisrael, and so instead of saying, right, so it's first the Gemara says, you should have said, but you're, they're your children, but they Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, says the Gemara, right? Gal gel This sounds like a Moshe Rabbeinu response, right? Okay, it says the Gemara, Lo not only did he not rise in defense of Kal Yisrael, El Amar Lafana, but this was Hashem's actual response, Ron Shalom, Kol it's your decision. Aren't you sick of these people? Get somebody better. You know, like, get the guy in, they don't talk at Shul. They don't throw Nash into the pool in Miami, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, get a well, better behaved nation, you know what I mean? The people like better. And you'll have an easier time. That's what Hosea said to Akash Baruch Like, Akash Baruch says to him, you know, the Jews, they're aggravating me. And Hosea says, yeah, tell me about it. You know what I mean? I'm becoming an anti-Semite myself, so to speak. That's what Hosea's response was. Okay. So, Amar Akash Baruch Akash Baruch did not. He, now he had to teach Hosea a lesson. And this is an amazing lesson. He said, First, he said to himself, Kaviyachal. Akash Baruch says to himself, what am I going to do with this old man? I saw in the art school a beautiful idea from the Ben Yehoyada that by saying, what am I going to do to this old man? He was almost like being, right, uh, more, he, he was almost um, e- explaining uh, to himself, um, justifying why Hosea would have such a negative response. Because, you know what, listen, he's, he's not, at this point, he's an, old, he's an older man, and he doesn't have patience anymore. You know, whereas he used to be a more patient, vibrant Navi, now he's just had it, he's a little bit washed up. Okay, and that is, in effect, right, justification for his reaction, so he was almost like trying to see, uh, to, 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 um, to explain away Hosea because, you know, he was giving him the, the benefit of the doubt. But be that as it may, he had to teach him a lesson. He couldn't have been that old because listen to the suggestion of what he told him to do. Omer lo. So this is like Baruch telling himself, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my plan. I'm going to tell Hosea, This is the plan. Tell Hosea the Navi. This is why some people say it's an allegory. But again, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi David Katz says this, this really happened, right? He says, take an Isha Zona, have, right, these illegitimate children with her. And then Akash Baruch tells himself, then I'm going to tell him, then I'm going to tell him to kick, uh, to kick the wife and children out of the house. We'll see how he likes it. In other words, once you grow an emotional attachment, you have an investment, even if it's a Zona, right, um, then it's very hard to let go, right? So he says, So this is an unbelievable thing. It's that part, you know, philosophically is fascinating to, to contemplate. Akash Baruch telling him himself, even though Akash Baruch knows the future, it's really, that part of it is already rhetorical, right? He's, it's as if Akash Baruch is saying, this is us, right, retrofitting what Akash Baruch was saying to himself based on what the Navi says happened. But be that as it may, Akash Baruch says the Gemara says, he, he, he says to himself, I'm going to suggest to Hosea to marry Zona and try to kick him out, and I'll see. If he manages to kick out the Zona, which I know he won't, then I will, uh, then I'll flip out, uh, I'll upgrade, and I'll flip out Klal Yisrael for a better nation. Okay. That's what he said. So how do we know this? Because that's what it said in the actual Psukim. Let's see. How says the Navi Hosea? This is literally written in the Navi. He tells Hosea to take this, right, harlot for, uh, for a wife. Wow. So Hashem had to listen, right? This is Hashem giving you an actual directive. This is the very beginning of Navi Hashem, by the way. Sure enough, he goes and he takes this woman, Gomer Bar Dvalim. Now, the Gemara is going to explain. This was, her name, right, was indicative of just how, uh, 
how debased the situation was, who this woman was, as it explains. Amar Rav, Rav explains, Goymer shall call Gomerimba. Oh dear, so everyone's finished with her. And Bas, as we turn to Pezayin and Bez, Bas Divalim, right, what was the name of Goymer Bas Divalim? Diba Ra, Bas Diba Ra. Right, she, she came from a long line of Zonos, right, she was not just, it was not just her idea, she was a woman of ill repute, that came from a family of women of ill repute. Unbelievable. The Shemul Amar, why is it called uh, Divalim? Rav Shemul, they even had a machlokas about this. She was sweet to everyone like a like a like a fig. Everyone would trot upon her like a pressed fig. So, needless to say, this was not a yeshivish name. This is not Sarishner over here. So, Davar Acher, Amar more of a historical aspect to her name, which is that they sought to finish off all of the right, all of the finances, all the wealth of in her days. We had already seen these gemaras, right, where the northern kingdom was so gluttonous. And there was uh, tons of prophecies that this wealth was going to be depleted completely because, after all, anybody who focuses on right the wealth of Elamazah is going to find that that wealth um, dissipates. In fact, that was in fact the, the trend overall in Navi. Right, if you had a good king, then they were prosperous. You know, if he if he followed the word of Hashem, and if he didn't, then they weren't militarily prosperous and they weren't financially prosperous. You know, you look through Navi, and it's a musr because it's obvious. But sometimes when you're living in it, I guess the it's it's harder to um, to resist right the Gashmis. Anyway. So, on this last point, Rabbi Yochanan says, Bubbles of a gumru. With regards to, you know, weight being wasteful, they did, in the end, right, plunder and finish off all of the wealth of Kaiser on the days of this uh, Gomer Bas Develin. Right? So you see, the Pasuk, in fact, says that they were trampled and they were like dust and all of that wealth went away. Okay. So now, let's keep going back to what happened with Hoshea's marriage to Gomer Bas Develin as follows. Sure enough, they get married. And she, she has a son. Yisrael. Hashem is the one deciding what the names of the children are going to be here. It says, call this one Yisrael. Why? Because in a short time, right, I'm going to avenge all that blood on base Yehu. Right? Rashi, Rashi is going to explain um, what is going on here. Right? It's, it's um, basically that that's what it means. Yisrael, says Rashi, right, that it has the word Zerah, which usually seems good because it's seed, but here it's not. I'm going to take Yisrael and I'm going to spread him out all over the gullus, like a, like a farmer spreading out his seeds. Okay, and then I'm going to terminate the machlos base Israel. That's the gullus. Okay, so that was that. Was, so Israel sounds like like a prominent name, but no, it meant gullus. That's not a, that's not good. But he has another son with this woman. But I'm sorry. But Sorry. Then that so first he had a son, then he had a daughter. Okay. But That her name is not Ruchama. Her name is Lo Ruchama. Uh, this is not a fortuitous name, right? I, I'm not going to have Rachamim. Why? Says the because he says Kilo Sif Od Arachemis Beis Yisrael. I'm not going to have Rachamim anymore. I'm going to right exile you. Kinasav Esalahem. In other words, Lo Sif Od Arachemis Beis Yisrael. Kinasav Esalahem. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to have Rachamim. Okay, so first a son with a bad name, daughter with a bad name. Now finally another son. Tar Vatelid Ben. Now she had another son. Vayomer Shem Love Karshma Lo Ami. Oh my gosh, not Ami. I mean, yes, not Ami. His name is not Ami. Wow, this is like a real divorce, um, between Kalal Yisrael and the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Okay, so what happened after this? So the Akash, and Rav David Katz says, you know, this is like Hoshea was the Navi. This was supposed to be, a, meant to be a Musa to Kalal Yisrael. In other words, it's one thing if some, if some knucklehead that's, that, that has no shaykhis, he marries, you know, Kim Kardashian, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, like if he marries somebody who, uh, of ill repute. So that's one thing. But this is like, to quote Rev. Re- Katz, like if Moshe Feinstein, right, would marry a woman of ill repute, so everybody would take notice, right? And they would ask him, this was, according to Rev. Katz, what was supposed to happen. They would ask him, what's he doing? Like, how could this happen? And he would say, just like I'm taking this woman of ill repute, this is how you are treating Kodesh Baruch Hu. This is, this, in other words, you are acting 
you Kalaisal are acting like a woman of ill repute towards a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And so when you see my union with this woman and you see how it's inappropriate, that is how inappropriately you, you are acting towards Hashem. So it should be, it should be shocking to you, but you should take it as a Musar. Incredible, incredible uh, imagery here. Anyway. So the Gemara continues, says, So as we mentioned, he had two sons and a daughter. Okay. Hey, why did you do a Moshe Rabbeinu? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? As soon as he got Nevua, Moshe Rabbeinu, he divorced Sipara, right? Or he separated from Sipara, whatever the, the Lashon Hara that uh, Miriam and Aaron were talking about over there. He left Sipara. So now you're a Navi, separate from your wife. So I'm Allah, we bunch of the Of course, Moshe Rabbeinu also did. But anyways, I'm Allah, we bunch of I can't, I can't separate from my wife. I have like a family. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to leave my family. So I'm like, see, don't you get it? First of all, your wife, what are you talking about? She's a Zaina. You don't even know if they're your kids, right? Like, you call it a family, but what kind of family is it? You have a, a, a wife who's a Zaina, you have children, and you don't even know if they're your children. So, so, in all Kalvachome, right? My children, they're my actual children. The children of what? The tested ones, the others. And they're one of the four kinyanim that, that I made in the world. One of the four most precious things to me in the whole world. And so you're suggesting that I should flip them out for another nation? Yeah, I mean, if you can't leave your Arizona wife and illegitimate children, you want me to leave my chosen people? So this was a very uh, long way of making a very strong point, right? Okay. So by the way, he digresses to say, what are these four precious kinyanim? So Torah, kinyan Number one is Tyra. says, this is Mishlei. Okay, that's the beginning. Now, Shemayim Ba'aretz Kenyanechon. Okay, also the heavens and the earth. First the Torah, then the heavens, and then the whole, like, universe, okay? They say, Karnei Shemayim Ba'aretz, right, as we say. Based on Mikdash, yeah, based on Mikdash Kenyanechon, the base of Mikdash also was referred to a Kenyan. They say, Har Zeh Konsa Yeminov, right? This mountain, which is, which is right hand acquired, right? That's also in Tehillim. And Yisrael Kenyanechon, and the fourth is the aforementioned Kali Yisrael, the Chsiv, Amzu Kanisa, right? Amzu Kanisa, very good. That is in, right, in the Chalmish and Shemos, Sefer Shemos. Good. So those are the Kinyanim, and that's my Kinyan, that's a very, that's a very precious Kinyan, and therefore, that I want to hold on to it. Okay. So now, we're going to talk about the coup de grace, the final, the conclusion of Hashem's argument You tell me I should switch him out for another nation? Right, once Amos realized that he had sinned, this is to me, this is my favorite part of this exchange, watch this. So Hashem got the hint, he got the point. So Amos, he did, so Hosea did a sincere tshuva. He says, you still don't get it. You think that this is, what, about you. <laughs> and you're doing tshuva. No, that's not the point. The point is, you have to pray for Klal Yisrael. You have to care about Klal Yisrael. This isn't about you. Wow. I, I, I did three gazeros on them on account of you. So at that point, Yosheh got the hint. He asked for Klal Yisrael, Vito Gazero. And the decree was annulled, and then Hashem was able to start blessing them, Shinamar, so to speak, right, based off of their Hishtadlus, right, at that point, their children were like the, the sand and sea, right, amazing. In other words, now we're going to have an allusion to all the names of the children of Hashem, and instead of Loami, it became Bnei Kelchai, right, instead of not my nation, it became yes, my nation, wow. Uh, it should happen. May remain that all the all the children should be assembled together. Uzratiel liba aretz. The richanti lo ruchama. See here again. The name lo ruchama becomes rachamim. The amarti lo ami amiata. Beautiful. I said to him, you're not right to the ch-. again. So this is why this is in support of the fact that the whole thing was an allegory. We say it was the actual name of his children, but he's saying I said to that to whom it was lo ami. You are now in fact restored as my nation. Beautiful. Okay. Let's. Uh, so going back to the idea, we said that we were going to allude to it before. This idea of the. Um, 
right, the idea of how difficult it is to be a politician, to be a man of authority, a person of authority, right, it's very difficult to have that kind of responsibility. Every Navi would have to go through like four, four kings, etc. And the rest of the Pasuk um, explains that Yishayahu also, he had Uziah, Yotam, Ahaz, Chizkiah, right, the kings of Yehuda were like, they were, they were just dropping like flies as the Navi uh, continued preaching, okay. Uh, another teaching regards to those kings. Why do your merit to be listed with the Machi Yehuda? This is an aside here. He was not Machi Yehuda. What was the case? Here we go. How do we know that he was, first of all, that he was listed amongst the kings of Yehuda? Okay, so, so over there it says, So we see over there, it mentions his name, and that's how you know that he merited to be the king during that time. How do we know that he wasn't because So Amsia, right, send word to Yeravam saying that Amos was um, plotting against him. Okay, so that's the Lashon Hara uh, that we're talking about. And then, and says explicitly, it says that Amos said that Yeravam, you're going to die by the sword. And Yeravam's response was, Amar Yeravam. Amar Chas V'Shalom Amar Tzadikach. Wow, he was not in Kabbalah Shnar. Isn't that amazing? The Chas V'Shalom, he would never say this. Amos would never say this. Ve'im Amar Maya Selo Shechina Amar Lo. And even if he did say it, he said, he, uh, Yeravim was Mikabel, that he had said it in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore he did not take it as an affront, uh, as if it were coming from Amos himself. So for that, he got the schuz of continuing to be the king over there. Okay. Amar Belazar, Fil B'Shaz Kasr Shal Kadosh Baruch Hu, Zorcher Serachimim. So based on that, based on that Pasuk, Right, we see that even at the time that he's angry, Akash Baruch remembers the Rachim. Why? Because again, Right, he says, I'm no, no longer going to pity the house of Kal So wait a minute, it says, I will no longer pity. Uh, that I'm going to forgive them. In other words, the full Pasuk is, right? In other words, that really, the way the Pasuk reads is, like, what do I mean? I'm going to have Rachmim on them, I'm not going to have Rachmim on them. However, explains Rashi, that even within that Pasuk that says that I'm going to basically exact revenge on Kal Yisrael, Akash throws in the word Rachmim to give you that glimmer of hope to show that really in the end he's going to have Rachmim. Okay. Another teaching about having Rachmim even while you're angry. The whole, that there was even a benefit, even in scattering us out into the exile, there was a productive benefit for Kali Israel that's for their own good in mind, which is to gather in some gerim that are going to be, that are going to be good uh, pickups for the Kali Israel. Shanema, Uzratiyah Libaretz, right? In other words, he's selling, right? He's throwing us out like seeds. So that's supposed to be scattering like seeds, supposed to be a negative connotation. However, well, you know, when you have seeds, you get some good stuff out of it also, right? Klum Adam Zorea saw Elach this Kamakurin, right? After all, spreading like seeds is just the first stage in the farming business, right? That's, but then what? Stuff grows and good stuff grows and then you gather it back in. So just like we were scattered, and the Gullus, God bless Hashem, will be gathered in, uh, right. and then he says from there, I pitied those who were not pitied. In other words, we have, it looks like bad, but it's going to be good. Um, another, okay, teaching, reviving Hashem, with this we'll finish for now. There's a Pasuk in Mishnei, you can't, you shouldn't tell a slave, Right, you shouldn't tell the master, right, that the slave is not good because he's going to curse you. It's logical that because a generation curses his father and does not bless his mother, that you shouldn't say any lashon hara. In other words, we learn from Hosea that you should not ever uh, say bad things about Kali Israel because we're going to make a big comeback. We'll pick up here, Bezat Hashem, tomorrow. It was really.